Welcome to Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hockman, and I'm currently joined by Army West Point goalkeeper coach Taylor Thames. Thanks for taking the time, Taylor. Hey, thanks, Carter, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm actually really excited to talk to you today because rarely do goalkeepers get to pick the brains of the coaches. At least for me, for years, it's just sort of been do what your coach says without questioning them, at at least out loud, and you'll improve one way or another. But putting that aside and going beyond coaching for a sec, we'll go way back. And I'll ask where it all started for you as a goalkeeper. What made you want to play the position? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, starting uh, really young and playing the game, I probably was four or five years old. Um, I wasn't in the goal. You know, I was playing in the field and playing multiple sports. Uh, as I know, a lot of goalkeepers kind of that's where they started. Um, and goalkeeper was always something I was interested in, always something I wanted to try and, um, you know, dip my toe in, so to speak, but I didn't really, uh, go full bore and, uh, you know, go hundred percent into the position till really, you know, eighth grade freshman year of high school. Um, probably Ed Kelly is a name people from the, you know, DC area will recognize, uh, was with DC United for a little bit. And he's somebody that I, uh, I certainly looked up to and I I remember going to his camps when I was quite young and and that's probably where things kind of kicked off. I remember I went to goalkeeper camps with Ed Kelly when he was, if we're talking about the same Ed Kelly who ended up at Boston college. Yeah. So um, the the individual that that I worked with, um, he, he was with DC United. Um, He's from the Olney area and older, older gentleman, Irish. um, But Ed, um, Ed Kelly sharing the same name as the Boston, Co- Boston College head coach. Yeah. So I, w- I want to fast forward past high school into college. You were a four year starter at the University of Delaware from 2005 to 2008. A lot of people at that level, definitely not everyone, but a lot of people have aspirations of getting to that next level of professional soccer. But was there a part of you that knew you'd want to end up in coaching? I think so. Um, I, I always enjoyed, um, you know, the, the social connection, um, the ability to be on the team with my teammates um, and, and talk about the game, immerse myself in the game, watch the game, um, you know, kind of it, it's it's a huge part of my life. Um, and I never could see myself removing myself you know, from, from the game of soccer. So certainly it was, it was the best way for me to continue to stay involved and have the biggest impact I could, I felt. Was there a moment for you where you're like, all right, I, w- I definitely want to keep doing this? Yeah, um, I think uh, when I got done playing in, in 2008, um, you know, I graduated from the University of Delaware. I took a position, um, you know, outside of soccer where I, I was going to kind of start my career or start, start working in the – um, you know, post-grad and uh, after about six to nine months of not really having that outlet and not really having soccer be as big of a focal point in my life, uh, I just knew I had to go back. And, and that's where Mount St. Mary stepped in. And, and that position um, it was, was perfect, really, uh, perfect timing and, and the perfect uh, mentor to kind of allow me to 
to, to start the coaching uh, process and dive right in. Well, as you just mentioned, you land your first coaching job while you're, while you're a graduate student at Mount St. Mary's University as an assistant on the men's team in 2012 and then serving on the women's, uh, as the women's goalkeeper coach the following year. At what point did it set in for you that, all right, this is, this is it? This is, was there a specific moment or, or was there a part of you that knew you had more to offer once you were done playing? Because I know from my standpoint as a backup goalkeeper through college, I learned a lot, not just from about the goalkeeping position, but about the game as a whole. Yeah, uh, I do think the goal, goalkeepers more often than not have a really good understanding of the game, have a higher soccer IQ, or at least ask the right questions and want to understand, um, you know, different facets that, you know, some players in specific positions might not have to have a grasp on or understand completely. So I, I do think that once I started coaching, I knew that that was my path and, and just having the ability to invest in those players and um, try to develop something really special, something bigger than themselves. Um, that was something I was, I was into at that point. Well, after Mount St. Mary's, you make it a stop at an America East rival of mine, Stony Brook for two years, following by uh, the university of Cincinnati for four before landing at army West point in 2019. Were there things that you learned not only about coaching, but about the position itself at each university you landed at? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a journey, you know, not quite the way I expected it to go. But I think that's probably pretty normal. Um, but each step of the way was quite different. You know, every single coach you're going to work for is going to have different tendencies, different tactical outlooks, um, you know, way they run their session or the way that they, um, you know, even run a meeting. So, uh, you know, adjusting to those things or learning that there, there's a lot of different ways to do things and, and still have a lot of success uh, was really beneficial to me, um, especially as a young coach. I think everybody starts out thinking they know quite a bit about the game and, and quite, you know, soon thereafter, they realize that there's still a ton to continue to figure out and um, trial and error. And over the course of those four different stops at those different universities. Uh, certainly a lot of uh, learning took place. What was the biggest takeaway that you, that you had throughout the journey to where you landed at now? Like what was, was there a moment where you, where you thought you're like, all right, I definitely know this about the position. Or I definitely know this about coaching. And then there was an aha moment where you're like, I was completely wrong. Um, if it was specifically about goalkeeping, it would probably be it's twofold. One, um, you know, the, discussion now is a lot about announced service and um, dictating, you know, where the ball will go and kind of providing that information to the goalkeeper. Uh, and, and I would say that a lot of my sessions when I started early on were, were based around that. And that was based on kind of what I was subject to and, and, you know, how I was trained. And I think as we see the position evolve and the needs of the goalkeeper evolve, that was something that, um, probably between Stony Brook and, and me trying to figure out what my philosophy and methodology would be and getting to Cincinnati, that um, took a massive kind of U-turn. Um, on top of that, I think that the other one would probably be the difference between, um, you know, a training mode and game mode, you know, the ability to question um, your technique or the decisions you made during a training session and not let that necessarily impact the confidence you have in 
uh, your ability to affect the game and play well and, and being able to kind of decipher the two and, and being able to help the goalkeeper do that. Um, those are probably the two biggest ones. What do you think it's lost in a lot of college coaches when it comes to goalkeeping? I know just from personal experience, and I'm, and I'm by, no making, by no means speaking ill of my coaches because I love them very much, but from my experience, a lot of the tactics and training have not a lot to do with the goalkeepers. Sure. Yeah. I think um, one thing that coaches are learning how to do and uh, progressively getting better at is incorporating the goalkeeper. Um, but I, I do think that was something that, um, is probably behind, uh, in, in its development and, um, application and training. It, it's probably, if we had to put a percentage on it, most of the time you're, you're isolated training with the goalkeeper coach, you're coming towards the team, you know, within a small, you know, a small sided game or, or potentially 11 v 11, um, or a scenario where you're finishing to goal. So like you said, you know, t- tactics probably have been gone over, but the goalkeeper wasn't um, inherently involved in it. But I think more coaches, especially now, are seeing the value, um, you know, for, for various reasons. One, obviously the understanding and the knowledge. Two, the leadership aspect of the position. And then, um, you know, what we kind of touched on earlier, you have to have a really high soccer IQ or at least have the intent to, to continue to get better, uh, understanding the different phases of play. Through my four years in college, I definitely noticed the philosophy change a little bit. Not, drastic, not as drastically as I would have liked, obviously, but I guess I'll follow it up with what do you think or what would you say gets overlooked with other goalkeeper coaches? What do they miss what, and what do they need to implement more? Hmm. I think a lot of goalkeepers, a lot of goalkeeper coaches um, set out to hit a specific topic because they feel like they need to. Um, I would encourage goalkeeper coaches as they continue to develop their, their philosophies that they go to the, the, the goalkeepers are working with um, and work backwards from there and, and work backwards from the game. I think the more, more often we do that, the more we get it right. Um, and, and we are going to get it wrong. Don't, you know, I've gotten it wrong plenty of times. Um, but the reality is um, it, it's, it's the game. And it's the person. Those are the two main priorities that you have to, to helping the team win. So start there. I've, I've mentioned it in, in past podcasts, but I and I and I know you've you've listened to it. But I remember growing up playing in, a, in the position where initially it was all about shot stopping and just booting the ball halfway down the field. And then all of a sudden there was that crazy emphasis on footwork and connecting with your center backs and wing backs and clipping balls down the channel. What was that transition like for you as a coach or was, or was there just always an emphasis on it? And I was just a terrible goalkeeper for most of high school. No, no, I, I, I agree that as the tactics of the game, um, especially here in the U S started to develop and we felt like that was something that we missed. We kind of went backwards, right. You know, a lot of the college goalkeepers, um, even myself, I, that was something I developed within my game. I was lucky though, that even through high school, um, and, and through my club team, I played in the field. So I felt pretty comfortable in possession and I felt like I brought that to my team, but I did have to develop a variety of passes. Um, my range of pass wasn't very good. I didn't have a lot of strength coming into college. Um, and then my weaker foot could always have improved. So I, I do think, um, it's something that's we've seen continue to grow. Um, and there's a huge emphasis on now, I think 
have we gone too far that direction? Maybe, you know, maybe, um, because ultimately the, the first priority that we have is to defend the goal. And I, I think we always have to remember that, but, um, yeah, every college is looking for goalkeepers that are, um, you know, very good with their feet and, and have the ability to release pressure or, uh, be a threat, um, to attack. It's interesting that you mentioned that we may have gone too far. I'm curious what you, what you think, um, has gone too far and how you, would go about maybe backtracking that. Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, no problem. I think, you know, it's interesting that you say we've gone too far. I'm interested to what you, I'm interested in what you think has gone too far and how you backtrack that. Yeah, I just mean that um, obviously it's a huge aspect of the game and, and don't get me wrong, you know, most of the interactions that we have with the ball are with our feet. So it has to be a big emphasis and we have to spend a lot of time there. Um, but a lot of young goalkeepers I've seen, um, maybe misinterpret. And so it's, it's about how we communicate, um, those points to them and, you know, understanding the risk versus reward and the understanding of, um, there are times where we need to release pressure and get the ball, uh, into less dangerous areas of the field. Um, because ultimately we do want to defend the goal. And sometimes the best way to do that is to remove the ball from, um, from that area. So, um, I think that's where, where I come in to, you know, even though those are going to be 60 to 70% of our actions, um, ultimately what we're going to be, um, you know, maybe evaluated on and assessed on from the coaching staff and the way the team is going to view us is in those big moments when we're going to have to make saves and, um, you know, bail the team out for lack of a better term. Yeah, absolutely. In, I'm sure you've seen sort of transitioning a little bit. I'm sure you've seen online. There's, there's these goalkeeper coaches that have these bizarre training methods. And I have to ask, what's the most ridiculous one you've seen? And I'll follow that up with what's the most ridiculous one you've tried out. Oh man. Um, seen plenty. Um, some I wish I hadn't seen, (laughs) um, but you know, to each his own, I, I think, I'd love to hear the context behind some of them because I think there could be value. Um, there's been some really interesting ones where I feel like if they were to tweak them or um, make some adjustments to try and again, go back to what the game is asking from them, from the goalkeeper, um, they would, you know, kind of find the right path because it doesn't have to be all wrong. Um, but ultimately, you know, the ones that are, there for you know instagram social media and whatnot you know they're they're serving a purpose but hopefully um there's enough good content out there which i do believe there is that we can decipher what we need and and what's just there to to make us kind of you know drop our jaw or, or whatever the case may be but the the craziest oh man it's a tough one on the spot, I know. I, I think, I think honestly, um, I saw one not too long ago where um, they were jumping over fire. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that would be that would have to take the cake. I, I couldn't even imagine a place where that would be remotely possible. Or, um, yeah, that that one probably takes cake. And then, as far as something I've tried. Um, Oh, I, I think I think this one's kind of it looks a little crazy, but 
Um, I've seen it done a couple of different ways. Um, it, it's just a quick kind of reaction drill, maybe an activation, but you can use balloons that are just blown up with air versus helium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just touching them and you have maybe three or four, however many you can handle. And you try to keep them up without touching the ground. And it's just one person working to do that. And obviously you have a lot of different um, elements to that. There's some visual training. Obviously there's a cognitive load you're putting on, on the goalkeeper, but it, it, it definitely looks a bit gimmicky. Um, I have to admit that. No, I think I've tried. I think I've done that or something like that. And I, and I can definitely in my head, see how it would be beneficial. Um, but yeah, I've definitely done something like that. There's, there's different variants on, on training sessions that as you progress through the position and and go through different coaches that a lot of these different training methods might, that might seem unique do start to connect a little bit in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 I think Paul Rogers, he's, uh, the MLS Houston Dynamo goalkeeper coaches said it, you know, a lot of times in, in the sense that whenever he puts out a session, he's a bit hesitant sometimes because he feels like people will misinterpret some of the activities that he's doing and, and how that would actually help them, whether it's a, uh, a service that's dead, so it's not moving and there's no touch or it's a volley or, um, you know, there's isolated training. And, and again, like having context is so important when making decisions on what you're going to use and what you're not going to use. Um, and, I think that's the biggest thing that's getting missed when uh, all this information is being shared. So I try to pick as many brains as I can, because I know I certainly don't have all the answers. Um, but there's so many fantastic goalkeeper coaches out there that want to share that, that we get um, some good stuff. I want to bring it back to the college game a little bit and maybe even take it further back to the recruiting side, because recruiting is always crazy for a lot of goalkeepers for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of different ways you can go about it. There's there's film, going to ID camps, playing with your club team, clinics. But I, I want to start with those ID camps, though, because most of them really aren't geared towards goalkeepers. But at the same time, they're pretty reliant on goalkeepers being there. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious from a coach's perspective, what's the importance of ID camps for you? I think it's um, obviously you want to confirm what you saw in moments in a game that you got to watch, whether that was live or right now, you know, the video is being, um, you know, sent via email or on huddle or any of the other platforms that you use. Um, I, I think <laughs> when you go to these ID camps, the ability to interact with the player, the, the ability for that player to see what you're like um, and see what that dynamic would be, um, the environment that they create, as the coaching staff, because that's going to be important for you to understand um, how you're going to be valued and, and what uh, resources and support staff and facilities you're going to have at your disposal. Um, you might have seen it and you might have even uh, you know, been able to visit campus, but to be able to immerse yourself in it and um, see how you know, 24 hours in a life would be, I think is important. Um, you see all those little moments around the coaches and um, and, and the same thing for us, uh, vice versa. And, and from a goalkeeping perspective, um, you know, anywhere I've been, I've tried to make a, a big emphasis on creating sessions that would be similar to what I would put my, my college goalkeepers through. So they feel the, the speed of play and the added stress that you're under as a college goalkeeper. Um, and, and also to, again, re- recreate the environment they would be on a daily basis 
with uh, with myself. So um, I, I think that's valuable. And then the probably the next aspect of that would be, um, you know, being able to see what kind of competition and, and the players that you're up against, um, you know, at these different different events. So the ability to say, um, yeah, I feel like this is a good place for me based on the level of competition or um, or maybe not. And it's interesting because, you know, just from experience, a lot of the ID camps that I went to didn't have a goalkeeper, didn't have a goalkeeper coach present. Um, and I think that's the case for a lot of camps out there. A lot of them are, you know, obviously field player based because that's the majority of people that are getting recruited. Um, but just how would you, as a, I guess, as a recruit, how would you, what's a piece of advice that you would give to those goalkeepers that are getting recruited that are going to these ID camps that don't have a, a goalkeeper coach? Yeah, that's a great thing to, you know, ask as part of the discussion when you're looking at, these different universities and um, it's a, it's a broader question to your recruiting uh, in general. So, you know, I know that it was really important for me to know, you know, that I had somebody that was going to be there on game day that was going to train me on a regular basis. And uh, without that, I don't think I would, would have been, you know, where I was during my college career. And um, certainly it had a lasting impact on even my coaching uh, philosophies now. So I think that's an important thing. And, um, going back to the ID camp, that's something that you could ask, not, not to say that it would be confirmed and, and that you would know hundred percent that you'd be working with someone, but at least opening up that dialogue. I, I think that's a fair question, um, especially with the money that's being spent and uh, the time and investment from, from families to just say, Hey, you know, will you have somebody there? Do we get uh, a little bit of time with a goalkeeper coach or somebody that can, um, you know, help facilitate, um, you know, those moments for us because the field players will get them and you want to make sure the goalkeepers are getting them as well. So, um, yeah. That's, that's true. A lot of that, a lot of that is the player and the recruit themselves doing their due diligence and not only reaching out to the coaches, but looking at the roster and seeing what their goalkeeper situation is. Do they have a bunch of upperclassmen? Do they have three freshmen and, or two sophomores? And it's, 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 partly on the recruit to, to make sure they do their research too. And part of that involves making your highlight reel and mm -hmm. film is important. So just for the younger goalkeepers who may be listening, what do not just you specifically, but most coaches look for these days in film when looking for goalkeepers? Well, I usually, especially when I talk to my club goalkeepers, when I'm talking about uh, putting together film, I think it's important to have three different types of film to go to go to training film, because from a goalkeeping perspective, it's a little bit different. Normally as a field player, you wouldn't send training film. And I, I understand that wholeheartedly, but as a goalkeeper, I, I think there is some added value in having some training film um, game film, obviously and highlights. And we can go over the type of highlights that we want to include. Cause I think that is important. And then you also have to have a full game because most coaches now especially in the, the climate that we're in with COVID and the fact that we can't be on the road and recruiting as an NCAA division one school at the moment. Um, we want to make sure that what we're seeing is consistent. Um, and we might even ask for multiple games, but I think having all three of those is really important. Now diving back into the highlight reel, 
Um, I think going into the three, you know, main responsibilities of the goalkeeper, you know, obviously defending the goal. So, you know, most of your shot stopping and, and showing a variety of that, um, defending the space. So whether we're talking about the second goal and, and cutback situations or, um, you know, sweeping behind the back line, uh, box entries, flighted balls, crosses, set pieces, stuff like that. Or if we're talking about in possession, which we already highlighted uh, as we spoke about, um, you're going to have to really go through all of those um, and give them a good sense of, of who you are and, and the qualities you have. Some will shine brighter than others, but obviously it, it's all about showcasing your ability and marketing yourself. So make sure that it's uh, the best of the best, you know? I think I had like half of those in my highlight reel in high school. So I did a terrible job apparently, but um, I, I briefly got into it in my last podcast uh, with Jimmy Slayton. Uh, but I definitely want to discuss it a little bit with you uh, in that, as I'm sure you know, having listened to the first episode of my podcast, I describe my journey and I talk about the role that I had eventually, I had to eventually accept and grow into as a backup in college, mm-hmm. a role that, a lot of goalkeepers really do struggle mentally with because like a lot of division one athletes, we were the absolute best at what we did in high school being uh, leading up to college. And we're used to getting all the game time and being relied upon, but what's really understated. And I think should get talked about more from a coaching standpoint is the role of the backup goalkeeper, because they really are an integral part of the squad. So I'll just ask you up front, how important not just to the goalkeeping unit, but to the entire squad are the backup goalkeepers. They're crucial. Um, I think having a, a really strong goalkeeping union and goalkeeping core um, at Army West Point, we call it the pit crew, which is kind of our, our nickname. I like it. Um, but I, I think having a really close-knit but, but competitive and, um, you know, uh, successful just a group of people that that want to continue to get better and come to training with that mentality helps uh, every single player because obviously it's a huge aspect of you know a lot of the games that we play to prepare us for for the match um and and you you and I both know that if we're playing a small sided game and it's lopsided or you have one goalkeeper that's completely focused and in it and the other one is uh, struggling to, you know, keep possession of the ball or, you know, make simple saves. And and it it just really hurts the dynamic of the group, the energy, the competition. So it's huge. It is. What's a a piece of advice that you would give to a a younger goalkeeper, maybe in college, um, that's struggling to accept that role or struggling to understand it? Talk to your coaches. You know, I think getting getting clarity on where you stand and, and the things that you need to improve on, creating an action plan, you know, and how you're going to improve those areas of development that you've identified um, is huge because it 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 quantifies it. Um, it's not just an opinion anymore. It's OK. I see this because of this. And it, it gives you the ability to then go to work. Um, the other thing is to recognize that, um, you know, we know that's not the position you want to be in as a coach. And, and that is hard to accept. Um, that does take time, but we're not asking you to accept it because you want to be there. We, we ask you to accept it because like you said before, the team needs it. And also um, there's ways in which you can improve. We see the potential or you wouldn't be with this group. So I think the confidence in the staff 
uh, and the investment from the staff. And, and that goes back to the coach being um, just as invested in their number one as their number three, four or five, however many they have on the roster, um, which is hard to do. But um, I, I think that is that is the first stepping stone. And the second is probably just the mental preparation that will go into um, you know, training sessions and games and your ability to focus on what you can control. Cause there's going to be some elements that are outside of your control. And if you continue to focus there, it'll be really hard to, uh, to continue in that, in that position. You kind of mentioned it before, but why are goalkeepers such a tightly knit group of people? It doesn't have to be just in soccer goalkeepers across all sports that require them seem to just have a mutual understanding. Why do you think that is? You know, I think one part is, you know, we're a little bit different. And uh, I think it's a specialized position. Um, we do spend a lot of time uh, away from the team, even now, even as we see the goalkeepers integrated into team training more. Um, and I, I do think we rely on each other for confidence, for that just um, your stamp of approval sometimes that you don't get from you know, maybe a head coach or other teammates because they don't really understand what you go through, um, you know, whether you're the starter, second, third, or fourth, as I said before. But I, I would say that that's probably the main reason. Um, there's probably some other things in there, but, um, yeah. If you could go back to your freshman year of college, um, and talk to your goalkeeper coach, what would you, knowing what you know now about the position, what would you have him do differently? I think it would come down to creating more scenarios that we see in the game and helping me to understand how my decisions are impacting the entire group um, versus, you know, some of the isolated training, the technical training that we did. Now, there was no no doubt in my mind that I needed that. Cause I started, I started really focusing on the position later and I did rely on athleticism and, you know, the physical uh, aspects that I brought. But um, I think the tactical nature of the game is such a huge component. And the earlier we can get that um, I think the better we are, um, especially as goalkeepers. So these are, these are questions I've wanted to ask uh, coach for, for quite some time and, Thanks for uh, th thanks for letting me. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem at all. Well, this has been another episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hawkman. We'll see you next time.